You know, when you meet a kindred spirit, you can just tell. You can tell in their demeanor and how they speak to you. And Crystal Egger is one of them. And she is a joy to speak to. And I'm so glad that she is our featured guest for this episode of Recipes for Your Best Life because she's as real as they get. Now, she's an accomplished uh, gal. I mean, she's definitely been around the block. She's an Emmy-winning meteorologist and host. She's the founder of a Sunny Space documentary series where they profile successful women doing, doing their thing. And she has even been on the Weather Channel and NBC's Weekend Today show. But life has not been a bed of roses for Crystal by any stretch of the imagination. And on this episode, she shares some of that, um, particularly what ensued after complications with her little baby that she delivered at just 27 weeks. Weathering the storm has been a process for Crystal, but at every phase of life, there's something new that she's discovered about herself and about how she handles different situations. So let's dive in and hear what Crystal has to say. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Crystal, it's so nice to have you on. Well, it's so nice to be here, and I'm, I'm grateful you chose me as your guest, so thank you. Oh, absolutely, and I loved our first interaction with each other. We, we recorded a really fun video that everybody can watch. I'll, I'll post the, uh, the link so you can take a look at our video together, but you're very much a kindred spirit, and I, I just love your energy and would love for you to share a little bit about your background because you really come from an extensive broadcast background. Yeah, so I I never really envisioned myself going into meteorology, which I ultimately did in broadcasting. I started my career in marketing and PR and I was stuck in an office all afternoon post college. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the afternoon slump and having to like walk a block to Starbucks and I just felt like it wasn't energizing me and I needed something more that that wasn't going to be what fulfilled me my entire career. So I'd always loved math and science. Ironically, my girlfriend invited me to take a radio TV course at a local city college and I had already done the UC Santa Barbara thing. But I thought, well, this sounds fun. Let's give it a try. And we went to these night classes at City College, and we had our own cable station. And they would let us do everything. We'd produce, we would anchor, write the script, and even do the weather. And I remember my professor, who I'm still very, very close to now. She used to be 
a reporter in Chicago and she went on to teach courses there. And I remember her pulling me aside and saying, I don't know how much interest you have in the weather, but you seem, you seem really good at ad-libbing and it's really hard to do and you seem comfortable up there. So I would, I would think about it. And so I, thought, I started thinking more about how doing the weather would impact other people. Is this something interesting? And I felt like it is a universal subject. Everyone can relate to it. You know, I talked to my grandpa about the weather, my, my dentist. Like, yeah, I could see this, but Southern California doesn't have a lot of exciting weather. So I'm going to have to go somewhere and really learn the weather. So I, I first enrolled in a three-year program uh, through Mississippi State because I, I knew I wanted to have the credentials behind me and not look, be looked at like a, a dingy weather girl. <laughs> so I started the program and um, actually got my first job in Idaho Falls. And I was recently married and told my husband, can we move to Idaho Falls? I just got a job at the ABC station there. And um, we packed our car up and off we went. And what, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I think gets sometimes a rap that is really undeserved, but there's a lot of science and technicality to understanding the weather and then being able to convey it. I mean, what, what was the most challenging part of that role for you? Thermodynamics, for sure. <laughs> See, that's, um, that, I bet half the people out there have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, I, I, like I said, I always loved math and science and having a exact, you know, solution to a problem. I loved finding the answer, you know, versus all the analytical s stuff. Um, but thermodynamics is very complicated, involves physics and takes it to a whole nother level. But really the challenge is, is just living somewhere and getting a good feel for the weather patterns and how the terrain influences the weather. So everywhere I've lived, Idaho, um, my second job was at a morning show in Denver. That became a completely different challenge to forecast weather along the front range. Which and I used your... to live in Colorado. I think I shared oh, that yes. with you too. Yeah, that's just, right. We always used to say, if you don't like the weather here, just wait five minutes and then, you know, then we can talk about it because it literally changes by the minute. Yes. And you, you may have heard upslope, downslope. It's very common along the front range. So you could have a day where the wind is blowing down the front range and it heats up the air and there's not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful. And then the wind shifts the next day and it's blowing up the front range and it cools and condenses. And you could go from 80 and sunny to 28 degrees and snowy within 24 hours, which oh, is yeah. I've seen it insane. Flip, I've seen it <laughs> on a dime. What is the craziest, I just out of my more curiosity, what is the craziest weather experience that you've ever had? Oh, there's so many. Um, those wild swings in Denver for sure, because you gotta be on your toes we call it now casting because you can have such a localized effect caused by the mountains where you just, it's like all hands on deck. Now we've got a whole new forecast to figure out, but there were, there was a, the Windsor tornado, a town called Windsor, just North of Denver. I will never forget that. Yeah. Um, I was live on the air during that tornado coverage and it was heading 
that tornado was heading towards a daycare center and my heart was just beating out of my chest. It was terrifying. An EF4 tornado, which is, you know, extremely dangerous. EF5's as catastrophic as it gets. And um, so that was scary. And then I remember so many events at the Weather Channel. I was on the air with my co-anchor during the Japan quake and tsunami. And we covered that live for hours. Uh, Superstorm Sandy, the Joplin tornado. There, there are so many. I just couldn't believe coming from Southern California, how powerful weather events can be in other parts of the country and the world. So you really honed your skills in being able to present, you know, present the news and present something that shifts, you know, on the drop of a dime and something that we can't control. You know, the weather is one of those things that it's probably one of the most popular topics that people will shoot the breeze about, no pun intended, but you can't control the weather. And early um, into your career, uh, you became pregnant and you ran into some complications. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, something else I couldn't control. (laughs) Um, So it was during my time in Denver, I was on a morning show and really at the earlier stages of my career where I felt I had to prove myself, you know, it can be very competitive. And we had a five hour morning show called Good Day Colorado. I would get up at one or two in the morning, depending on the weather of the day and rush. We did our own hair and makeup. So everyone's, you know, frantically getting ready and you're live um, doing radio hits and often teases before your show begins at 5 a.m. So a lot of adrenaline. Uh, It's just, it's not a way to ease into a morning. (laughs) My mornings are very different these days. But I remember my husband and I decided that we had, you know, we'd been married five years. I was 30 years old. It was time to have our first child. And I was such a planner. It was like, everything was going to be perfect. I had it all planned in my head as to the baby shower and everything. Uh, Five months into my pregnancy, I started to have complications and was taken off the morning show because I had to be put on bed rest, which Mm. was crushing because I had just envisioned, you know, going, going all the way. And, um, I was going to fly back to California. All my family's here and we were planning a baby shower, you know, your first kid, everything is just so Sure. So important, you know, and uh, it just got scarier and scarier. They eventually noticed at 20, I think it was 22 weeks that I had no amniotic fluid left. So I had had this tear um, between my uterus and my placenta that caused bleeding and contracting to the point where I ruptured my sac, you know. And it becomes very dangerous at that point for risk of infection. So I was put in the hospital and just prayed every day that I was going to make it long enough for the baby to survive. And those were anxiety-filled days for sure. And I made it to um, I made it to 27 weeks and one day. And my daughter was born weighing one pound 14 ounces. (laughs) So, do you think, Crystal, that the stress and the 
um, hectic schedule and those, you know, I mean, what we perceive is really, you know, that that's crazy to think that you were up at those hours, that that contributed to what ended up happening. And for everybody listening, you know, the, the story ends beautifully. She's a lovely, healthy child. But you, I mean, I think oftentimes in the blizzard of life, we take it. We take it in the face and we just keep grinding because that's what we feel like we need to do in order to, to make it. Do you think that your schedule and your hectic lifestyle contributed to that? I absolutely do. Um, everyone tries to tell me, oh, you, you know, you couldn't control this because there's a lot of guilt that comes along with having a child that early and, and you know, watching them struggle for so many months in that the NICU. But ironically, my morning show had asked me to participate in a mommy, uh, mommy to be like boot camp just a, a week before all of my problems began. And they wanted to videotape it live. And I had just been going on long walks and, you know, no, nothing rigorous. I wasn't into that kind of exercise. Anyways, I, I just took long walks with my husband and I felt like I, I was already living such a busy life with my schedule, but I did this boot camp. It was called Hot Mamas, I'll never forget. And we were doing like lunges around the block and sit-ups on an exercise ball. And I was really keeping up because the camera was on me and I felt mm. like these other moms are doing it. Why, you know, sure. moms to moms to be there. One of them's eight months pregnant. I should be able to do this. And sure you know, you should trust your gut because I, something told me that I shouldn't have been doing that. And uh, I did it anyway. And you know, within a week I had trouble. Yeah. I, and sorry to interrupt you, but you know, and certainly there's no, you know, we don't know. I mean, we don't know what causes what, and there's always kind of a divine plan, but I think you just said something that I really want people to tune into is you, you need to trust your gut. I think that there's a lot of social pressure out there. There are, there's a lot of comparison. There's this idea that even when you're pregnant, you should be like killing it. And why are some people doing, you know, 10 K races when they're 38 weeks pregnant? But listen, everybody is different. There's not a one right. fits all. And ultimately, um, you know, you're, you're the one responsible for your own health and for the health and well-being of the people around you. So what did that look like for you after your, your beautiful girl was born? How did life change? Oh, well, it, it's interesting because now I always tell people like, you know, planning is the, like, just go with the flow. <laughs> planning is, is going to backfire if you if you set your mind to something and it doesn't go the way you expect it, you know, you're going to be crushed. So it's, it's like with anything, you know, you're planning a vacation and your flight gets canceled. Well, that's life, you know, but looking back, I really wish that um, I hadn't been so set in my ways. I've learned so much since then. I've learned that, you know, just to be incredibly grateful because there's nothing like a traumatic experience to, knock you into your place and make you realize what matters in life, you know? So just going through three months in a, 
a NICU and praying that your baby's going to survive and come out strong and healthy. I mean, I, that's all that mattered in that moment. I could care less about my career. I mean, it, it, it just, everything took a backseat. It was like, this baby has got to survive. And if I, I can't go back in time now, I got to look forward. But um, my perspective changed that day. And it, I'm so grateful in many ways because I just live with so much gratitude now. Yeah. And, and what did that do for your career? I mean, we're so kind of fast forward for us, you know, a year later, what, what was going on with you and how did things change? Well, I can remember. So after 90 days in an incubator, my daughter finally came home and she came home on oxygen. So we were living in the mile high city and tugging around a little oxygen tank. We had it on her 24 seven. We really didn't go out much though, to be honest, because we were living in a bubble trying to protect her from outside illness and pollen and all of that. And you were working, so you, you left, did you leave your position? So I had an incredible management team there and they, they allowed me to, to stay home longer than expected because you know you've you've got the NICU time and then time to be with your baby when they finally but eventually they said why don't what if you come to the show and you leave immediately afterwards you know mm. so we cut my schedule down and I was I was never able to naturally breastfeed but I knew how valuable that was so I managed to pump with a machine for about eight months and give her this precious you know that's amazing Nutrition. So I was doing, you know, definitely exhausted. There was a lot of anxiety as how she would develop, you know, and mentally, intellectually, um, if she'd meet all of her milestones physically. But I was back at work, and all the everyone would tell me that if you just weren't at altitude, she would be doing so much better. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was, I needed to get out of there, whether it was coming home to Southern California at sea level. Or what happened was I got an opportunity to go to the Weather Channel, and that was getting back lower elevation um, in Georgia. So the Weather Channel's in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we decided to take that job, and really, she after one pretty hard year in Georgia because we had a, a brutal winter, um, she really started to thrive. And I would say by age three, she was just just like every other three year old. That's amazing. So when you look back and you, you kind of, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and, you know, for, for what it's worth, I mean, we never know what decisions lead to what. Um, the next chapter of your career, you're, you're at the Weather Channel, and, you know, that's a big deal. That's a national show with a lot of exposure. Um, how did you handle life on you know something that was so high profile, did it? Did your perspective kick in and um, things changed in how you you dealt with your day to day, or what? What did you kind of take with you into that that new role and a bigger role? Yeah, I'm imagining. Well, I think at the time i I wasn't ready to you know give up on my career dreams, and it was such a dream to work at the Weather Channel. That's the mecca for meteorologists. But I remember 
one thing that really drew me to that job was that I was going to be on an afternoon evening shift. And I just felt like that was better for my own health. Mm. Um, And it seemed like, you know, getting out of the news and just focusing on weather was also enticing to me because I tend to be very sensitive and living and breathing the news was was tough on me. Um, I, I just wanted to talk about the weather, but I didn't realize how much um, catastrophic weather was going to be involved. You know, there were definitely a lot of events that um, that bring out a lot of emotion in you when you're live on the air, you know, mm-hmm. because people are still losing their lives during weather events. But I... I have an incredibly supportive husband and he works from home and we just thought this is a great opportunity for us. You know, we put our heads together and decided, well, let's go there. And then you've at, at least you can say you did it yeah. <laughs> and you reached, you reached your, your dream job as a meteorologist. So it, w- it was an amazing time. And in fact, that's when I decided I was ready to have my second child, which scared me because I couldn't imagine going through what I did the first time, but I also just believed that um, things would be different. And I, I really wanted to experience a full-term pregnancy. Mm. So what happened? Um, did, were you able to, to take her to full-term? And beyond. Wow. <laughs> so it was... She it was, was like, I'm not of, coming out. It's nice in here. <laughs> yeah. It was such an amazing pregnancy and experience. And I went into it a completely different person. It was nearly, it was four years later. Um, I had grown a lot in four years. I look back on, you know, that time in Denver and I just wish I, I knew what I do today, but you know, we can't go back. But I went into that pregnancy knowing how important self-care was and I had an, a high-risk doctor, and we put me on progesterone, and it kept everything very calm. Um, my, I remember my mom and my grandmother flew out. They, they weren't going to miss this. So finally going to have this, you know, normal delivery, and we're all going to be there for it. So they come out. I get off of work a, a month before my due date because my doctor says, we're taking you off progesterone, and you could deliver at any time. It took me off um, off of work. The Weather Channel was great. You know, we don't want the same thing to happen to you. So go take it easy at home. Oh, just enjoyed it so much. And my mm-hmm. mom and grandma ended up being there for three weeks because she just wouldn't come out. Um, and then eventually she came late. They had to induce me, but I had a, a second daughter, seven pounds, eight ounces, and it was just amazing. That's so Amazing. awesome. So how did you, how did you take care of yourself in your second pregnancy? Um, you know, in terms of, you know, obviously you were managing stress differently and, and you knew what to expect going into it. So you, you asked for that help, it sounds like from the people around you and from your workplace, but in terms of taking care of yourself with how you ate and how maybe you exercised, what, what was different, if anything? I think I took a lot of time to, uh, to rest. You know, I knew I already have a full-time job and have to turn it on in front of national television. And I was very open about everyone, uh, to everyone about what had happened the first time around. So they knew not to push me in any way. Um, and I would, I have pictures of me just sitting with my feet up 
um, seven months into my pregnancy at, at the anchor desk. Like, I'm just going to hang out here till the next show. And yeah. just, I was just, I was in such a peaceful state because I had made it, once I made it past that 27 week mark where my, when my daughter was born, my first daughter, I just knew that everything was going to be okay. Like I've, I'm already there. And now things are just going to get better and better each day. I feel like it was more of a mental place of peace that I had that time around that really helped me because I'm, I was such a worrier and an anxious person and a people pleaser. And I had to do a lot of work around that to realize that's not getting me anywhere. Yeah. So um, I've always, my, we eat very healthy. So I feel like that was always um, a good, good part of my routine. But yeah, it's just certainly it's like staying hydrated, getting rest, really getting rest and being on the right shift at my job was important. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring something up that um, I know for me has been a learning process too. And I think wisdom does come with experience and age, but right. you know, not being embarrassed or feeling lazy to rest you know, I think we are, we come from, uh, we live in a society that it's almost like the more you do, the more accomplished you are and, the, and like the more you should be applauded when in fact, if you don't rest, you don't, you're not nearly as productive or creative or effective. And it does, it does have a huge impact on your health. So, you know, I think this is a really important thing for people to take away. And that level of self-care, you know, being able to just put your feet up and say, look, I'm, I'm taking a little break for me, makes a huge difference. I've discovered the value of a 10-minute nap. <laughs> yeah. to, or a, you know what or, I mean? Like, it, it's amazing what it can do to refresh you. Yes. And, you know, I just celebrated my fourth birthday yesterday. and. I feel like I'm still learning uh, how to be more aware and practice mindfulness and take time for me. And I, each year I just try to add more to that and it makes for a better life. I mean, I didn't know anything about meditating back during, you know, my pregnancies. I uh, wish I did because even 10 minutes with a recorded meditation is, is huge because we don't recharge ourselves enough. And I was burning the candle at both ends. I mean, I just thought I had to go, 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 go. I didn't know how to stop. I didn't want to sit with my thoughts ever. I yeah. just wanted to, to stay busy. <laughs> Being busy is, it's, it's not all that it's cracked up to be, you know? I yeah. actually prefer to sit down and read a book now because it, it, it quiets my mind. Yeah, being busy is not necessarily being productive. Um, it's exactly. So, okay, so second child, you are a busy career woman with two beautiful girls and you're like, okay, I've been on, I'm like killing it on the weather channel. This is like my big goal. And then what, what happened after that? Oh, so I was nearing the end of my weather channel contract and I, How long I just knew for? in my, I was there three and a half years, had, had my baby there, which gosh, looking back, it seemed like so much longer because we had 
so many great experiences. And during that time, they were letting us go up and fill in on the Today Show. So it was just checking all those boxes. It can't get any better than this. I mean, MSNBC, Nightly News, Today Show, we had uh, so many doors open to us. NBC had a partnership with the Weather Channel. So I'm so glad I was there at the time, at that time, met the most incredible people and, you know, inside out, not just what you see on the air, but the Southern hospitality and the Southern way is, it's real. (laughs) It's so real. And I, I still dream about some of those days and conversations and experiences that we had, but I knew in my gut, there we go, trusting your gut that I needed to be with my family. I had two beautiful daughters, my youngest, uh, we named her Savannah and Savannah had a a special place in, in our family. My mom was actually born in Savannah, Georgia. I was living in Georgia at the time. And my mom really felt a connection to both my girls, but she's over here in, in San Diego. Mm. And even with my oldest being a toddler, um, it was hard to travel a lot with her because in the beginning years, she would get sick a lot and very easily. And we'd be on breathing treatments and ear infections. And it was constant for those beginning years. And I wanted to just park it in a sunny environment (laughs) and not have to travel as much. Mm-hmm. And it would, it would be one or two times a year that we'd get to make the trip from the other side of the country here. It was just too much. So we decided it was time to come back here. My husband's family's in San Diego as well. And we really wanted them to, to be close to our parents. And yeah. you know, family has always come first for me. So I've made every decision for my family. And we came back. I had an opportunity to go to NBC Los Angeles back on a morning show, which uh, was a little nerve wracking because of what I had gone through in Denver. But we were done having children and I was in a whole different place. And that also worked better for the family because then if my kids are out of preschool at one o'clock, I'm home and I'm there with them for the rest of the evening. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I spent four years on a morning show um, today in LA. Today in LA, big show, huge following, huge audience. Yes. And, you know, you you said something. Maybe you did this intentionally, but you said you wanted to go back to a sunny place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then gave birth to a sunny space. That's true. Uh, that was another. This was another big change. Um, it was four years into my contract in LA and I just, I, I'd done 15 years of broadcasting and traveling around the country and I wanted to change my lifestyle. You can only wake up with a 2 a.m. alarm for so long and it just, it did, I couldn't be my best self. Girlfriend, my, my alarm goes off at 5.15 a.m. to do yoga a few times <laughs> a week, and that is, like, ridiculously early. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's, it's ungodly for me. It's just not natural. I feel like those hours are not um, what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, maybe if you got to do it temporarily, but I, I couldn't see myself signing another four- or five-year contract and putting myself through that because – I would go to work, have my coffee, 
feel pretty good through the morning. You know, that's when I had my energy. I have to turn it on for live television for many hours. Um, always gave it my best. But then I would go home and I felt like my husband and my kids weren't getting the best of me. No. Because by then I just felt hungover and gross every single day. You know, you drink too much coffee, you've been up since two and you crash. Yeah. And then I was going to bed at 7 p.m. So I also saw the demands it was putting on my husband. He's getting them off in the mornings to, you know, preschool. And eventually my oldest was in kindergarten. And he's also doing the nighttime routine. I'm like, oh, thank God bless him. But that's a lot. Hmm. So, so again, lifestyle coming into play and, and really trying to take care of yourself and your family you created a sunny space. And I think that what you're doing with a sunny space is really exciting because you're really, you're really telling stories and you, at the end of the day, journalism is all about telling a story, but your storytelling has a a really cool focus. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So after I left LA, we moved our family here to San Diego, which is ultimately home. So we've got our our parents in both directions, like 20 minutes, give or take. So this is the final destination. Um, We're getting more help, which is awesome. And I wanted to create my own content after being involved in the news media for so long. uh, I felt like I want to put some something good in the world. You know, you're not always half, I mean, let's say 80% of the time is not good news. And I also didn't feel like... I think that's generous, by the way. I feel like lately it's more (laughs) like 90%. Yeah, you're probably right, 90%. And I think I shared this with you that even, you know, before my weather reports, we'd have a, a talker story, you know, and I'd have to chime in on it. And a lot of times we were just promoting like the new fast food item at Taco Bell or something, or the shamrock shake. And I come from a pretty healthy lifestyle with my husband and I just started to feel like I don't be- I don't agree with this content. Mm. I don't know. If it's I just felt that way that I I want to create something brighter and more inspiring. So it started with I I come down here to San Diego. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I think I'll freelance, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I cre- I started a blog called Sunny Space and it just started to morph into uh, what it is today. And I got some help from a brand manager getting it all created. And I think the driving, the driving factor was certainly creating a platform for daughters of women that they could look up to that I didn't see enough of in the media. Mm. So yeah, that's how it, it started. And, and we're sharing stories about bold and inspiring women and brands that are reshaping our world. And I recently had a collaboration with a women's denim brand called Cut from the Cloth. And the idea was let's go beyond the models that you see on Instagram. Like let's find these real women with amazing stories, comeback stories, or, you know, overcoming something to live their best life. And let's showcase that through your clothing. Um, Let's go deeper. And that's so we've been, we produced a digital documentary series and I think we're on our eighth feature now. So that's really exciting. And I get to be behind the production and interview these women and I just love it. 
And for everybody listening, we'll take a look at the show notes and you'll, you'll see a link to the website, but it's a sunny Beautifully done. Um, the website is gorgeous and I love these stories. You know, I instantly gravitate towards, um, documentaries myself and like I'm a Netflix addict when it comes to like anything that has to do with real life because yes. to me that is what inspires me to see the the trailblazers and to see the people who have done it but nobody's story or nobody's journey is without challenge and I I think that that's what makes a journey so interesting there's always something where you're like, wow, I can't believe they got over that. I mean, I've never heard an inspiring story where somebody says like, yeah, I came up with this idea and invented it and became an overnight success. I'm kind of like, uh, BS. I'm calling right. BS right now. So, <laughs> it's uh, like your own story. That's why I couldn't wait to interview you because I love the transformation you've had in your life. And it just shows that it is possible. It's, I want to help people get unstuck. You know, it's like we only get this one life. And if you're, if you're just settling, it's frustrating to me. I don't, I don't know if it's because I've watched my daughter become my hero that she's just showed me that anything's possible. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful way to pay it forward. So I encourage everybody to check it out and, and check out all the stories. Everybody is inspiring in their own beautiful, unique way. And as you unfold your story through a sunny space, you know, what, what, does, what does the future look like? What's the next goal for you? I hate to do that, by the way. I'm doing this mostly because I know people are going to want to hear it, but I think it's beautiful to bask in, what, in the sun that you're in right now. But what is your next goal? Oh, so one thing I'm also doing on the side is I've started a consulting weather company. It's called Monarch Weather Consulting because I, I do still have that passion for weather and I wanted to keep it alive. You know, that that's still there. I don't have to get up at two in the morning and give the forecast on TV, but I, I'm helping people by consulting, but helping businesses. So I want to keep growing that business. And I have uh, two brilliant meteorology, meteorologist friends that are on my team. And then I want to keep putting out these stories. This is sort of my labor of love. Like just creating sunny space and seeing it come to life is, is so awesome. I, I would love to have some kind of series on Netflix that is, or, you know, a digital platform. Yeah. That's the ultimate dream. Uh, right now, just being able to produce the content for a brand and put it out there in all these different ways is so, so rewarding. But I think if I just keep following my heart and I want to put, I want to do something greater than myself, you know, something that's going to help people. I feel like I always just wanted, I wanted to help uh, my dad. I, I, he died of alcoholism. I couldn't help him. And I, I wish I could go back and do that. But maybe this is a way of offering service. Oh, you, you do. And your stories are beautifully told. And I think you know, the journey is one where you find joy in being able to pay it forward. And you're definitely doing that, not just in your stories, but just in your sunny disposition, which I love. So I, I have to ask you a couple questions. We get into, this is like the speed round. So we okay. have a few minutes left, but 
if you had one last meal, okay, not to be morose, but you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this, or I'm gonna have somebody make it for me. What would it be? Oh, my mom's chili, green chili chicken enchiladas. Ooh, that sounds. What do you <laughs> love about them? That sounds delish. Oh, it's just. I think it's nostalgic. It reminds me of my childhood. Um, the green sauce, the sour cream, the chicken, the cheese. I know it sounds so healthy, <laughs> but that would that would be my meal. Okay. I, I'm digging on that. And San Diego, like Mexican food, of course. Yes. Now, uh, now, who would you want, if there was one person that you could meet to share that meal with, who would it be? Oh, gosh. One person I could um, I just, I just met someone amazing yesterday and I had a meal with her on my birthday, Kelly Kitley, who I interviewed for Sunny Space. And gosh, if you asked me yesterday, I would be like Kelly Kitley, but then I met her. So um, how about Brene Brown? Brene Brown. She would be so fun to have a meal with. She's hilarious too. I she love might, like, have you like belly laughing. That would be amazing. And just, I think being in the company of people who are living their truth and are, that just inspires me. It's only going to make my life better. So have you seen her Netflix special? Yes, I have. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And last but not least, if you could share one concise little nugget of wisdom from all of your experiences for future generations, what would it be? Ooh. I would say you don't have to be a victim of your past or your circumstances. You don't have to let that define you. You know, you, you have the chance to live the life <laughs> that you dream of, you know, to don't, don't let that hold you back and go after what truly, truly sets your heart on fire. I love that so much. Perfect ending to a beautiful discussion. Thank you so much, Crystal. And for everybody listening, please check out the show notes for all of the links that we've chatted about today, a sunnyspace.com. Thank you again, Crystal. Thank you so much, Maria. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot, and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.